a main part of the illustration today is going to be um, looking at how plants will work. You see a coffee bean there on the left. We'll use that as a seed. And it's kind of dormant. It's just dead in and of itself until something happens in it and some life starts to spring forward and it becomes a plant. That looks more like a weed, but that's actually a coffee plant, coffee tree, I guess, that's starting to grow. And in that, so you see a seed that is kind of, it's dead, really. I mean, because it's just, by itself, that's all it will be. Now, Jesus said if a seed falls to the ground and dies meaning that it, it opens up, it goes into the ground and, and surrenders its existence, it, it, it gets germinated, and the germination process causes growth, which will then produce fruit. And we want to be fruitful for the kingdom. So you see our title of this last message. Well, we have one more that's kind of a wrap-up message on uh, you know, being sent as one to the power of one. But this last one of disciple, D-I-S-C-I-P-L-E, Look for spiritual gifts and enlist in ministry. We're going to walk real quickly through 1 Corinthians chapter 12. You have verses 1 through 3 on the screen. Now listen up. Now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus, be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. And in this part of that chapter 12, it's a big chapter. We're not going to read every verse of it. Don't be worried. We're going to highlight the last big chunk of it that's talking about the body. But we see in here a hibernation of a sort. That hibernation like that seed that has what it needs for life, what it needs for productivity, not quite everything though. Once it gets germinated, it's going to be what it is. That coffee bean is is waiting to be a coffee plant. It just needs the germination. So what it needs to be a coffee plant other than that other element is there with it. And this verse tells us that we kind of have a muted life voice from the time we're born, separated from God. And, and following what this world presents as our God, whether that's the next paycheck, whether it's the next meal on the table, whether it's the next relationship, whatever it may be, we are pursuing gods that you heard in Corinthians were saying that they are pagan, mute idols. Paul in his writings often said, what is that idol? It's a chunk of wood. It's just a chunk of wood. And, and, and they don't speak, they have no power, they have no life, and if that's what we worship, then we are muted. Our life voice that's meant to, to have power, and it's kind of like this blob of fabric here on the platform. Have you guys seen that? You see it? Can you see it from where you're sitting? We have a little blob of fabric. How many people can tell me what this is? Anyone know what it is? Other than the worship team that saw it earlier? Shh! Any guesses on what it is in general? A blanket? Okay. I've heard windbreaker. What was that? A Christmas decoration? Okay. Getting close. All right. We're going to stop there because you get, huh? A robe? Umbrella? Uh, it could be a rain slicker. Okay, well, we, we're, like I said, we want to be moving on. But it's like this fabric on the stage. You can see colors. You can see some things. Red and green maybe is what's telling Kyle it could be Christmas, right? Probably. There's some red and green on there. Um, so you can see color. You can kind of tell there's something there. But we don't know what it is. It's missing something. And we are kind of like that from the start, believe it or not. We are God's workmanship, Ephesians 2.10 says, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. 
God already has good works lying dormant and hibernating, waiting for each one of us to get that missing element that brings it to life. And, and so we, he, he has knit us together in our mother's womb, fearfully and wonderfully made. He has endowed us with talents, physical abilities, a part of His creation. Those aren't our spiritual gifts, but He has given those to us. The shape from our experience, whether it's a, whatever our home life was, whatever our peer groups did, whatever choices we have made, He has been with us all along, shaping us, stitching. This has been stitched to have a specific shape to it that we just can't see. And God God is doing that through all aspects and the journeys that we brought to Him today. I don't want to remove some stitching that God wants to do in your life. I don't want to ask Him to heal you right now if He's still stitching in your life to His glory through that situation. That's where we trust Him and submit those things to Him. But he, so He's shaping you. And, and the, the gifts that He has for us as a part of those good works, they're still under the tree. They have our name on it. He has good works that the spiritual gifts will come and bring life and power to, but we have not received them. They're, they're, our name's on them, but they're under the tree. And until we put our life under the tree, we can't take the gifts from under the tree that He has for us. And so, this hibernation and a muted life voice. It is for us to be getting out of that mute, muting and, and have our voice be strengthened and to lead those that we are discipling. The next part of Corinthians is verses 4 through 7. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them and all men. Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. We've heard that passage a lot in the journeys that we have been in. But what we're seeing here in this passage is going from hibernation to the germination. That what, what is there, what those good works that have been prepared in advance for us to do becomes then from a muted life voice becomes an awakened life voice. A voice that will declare His Lordship. A voice that lets people who've seen every bit of the shaping and molding and hard times and difficult times and disease and walking through it and the difference that the Lord makes in it. Our life journey starts to just scream of the Lordship of Christ that has an eternal impact. And, and so when we receive God, it's the same God who He has to work these things in us. All the gifts and abilities, they come from Him. And He's given every single one of us one or more of those gifts. And see, the spiritual gifts are the avenues He gives us through which we express the fruit of the Spirit in our life. We all get the same fruit because it's the same Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness. We all get filled with that, with the presence of God in our heart. And that's what starts coming out, the, the color of our flower petals because that's, what's in the, that's the color of water in our vase. <laughs> and, and that's what colors our life. The, but the fruit of the Spirit will start coming out through the gifts whether it's encouragement, whether it, it, they're going to they're come out and, and, and the gifts become the avenue for the, for the fruit and the way we're shaped and the talents that He gave us when He knit us together physically, those things that are part of our natural created being, those shape the how we go about it and the venue. I was hoping to be a preacher of the Gospel to young people because of athletic success in the Olympic realm. I didn't get to that point. 
But there's people who are, and their talents and their abilities, and yes, they've worked and trained and sharpened and strengthened them, but their talents and their wiring and their life situation just places someone with the gifts and the fruit in their venue to express the gifts of the, the fruit of the Spirit through their gifting. And so the talents and the shape, so the talents aren't our gifts. They're, they're gifts. They are a gift from God. They're a blessing. But they're not spiritual gifts. The spiritual gifts are the things that can come only from the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. The word manifestation of the Spirit, he says each one the manifestation of the Spirit is. And, and the, de- the, the defi- definition is an in- indication of the existence, reality, or presence of something. To manifest something, for something to be manifest, it is easily noticed or perceived, obvious or plain. In the verb, it is to manifest something is to show plainly, reveal or display, to prove beyond doubt. It's just, there it is. It's manifest. Boom. Can't deny it. Can't argue it. And I think it's kind of neat too in the noun. It's a list of cargo, passengers, or etc. on a plane or a vessel. So we manifest the cargo that's in our heart. <laughs> the manifest, the list of the cargo. The Holy Spirit is now our new cargo and, 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 that, and we manifest that out to the people around us. So God works in all of them. We have stitching. He has good works designed in advance for us to do. And until we bring the breath of the Holy Spirit into our life, we don't know what that is. It's a guessing game for people. Mickey needs a little help. The Holy, well, maybe not. Maybe the Holy Spirit's going <laughs> to... The stitching was there. But the light wasn't. <laughs> There's a light in Mickey. I knew that our Anaheim and our Disneyland fans would uh, enjoy having a Mickey up here. But our life is like that. We are stewards of our stitching. And, and maybe some of these things got a little tight from some hard pulling and pinching and squeezing, and it, and it wasn't comfortable at the time, but it's a part of us nonetheless. But it, how many different kinds of balloons do you see when you're driving around Christmas? All kinds of different shapes. They make them in Halloween ones now too, but you're made unique and and the people you're discipling are as well. And I believe that when the Holy Spirit really gets a hold and we submit to Him, that those things become evident, obvious, plain, that we just need to be looking for them. We are stewards of the stitching for the common good. They have one like this that's Minnie Mouse. They have, they have different characters and you can put a scene together that's really kind of neat and cute and oh, people drive by to see it and, and it's more impressive than just having him sitting out there. But I mean, that's pretty cool too. My kids keep wanting to put him in the room at night and have him in their room as a nightlight. Um, but see, he's given us, it says, for the common good. That means that what he's given us isn't just for our enjoyment. Talents and abilities can be used just for our own uh, uh, advancement, our own enjoyment. And, and we get to do some of that too. But the spiritual gifts are for the common good. It's not to James for James. Spiritual gifts are to me for others, for you. And, and so when God starts to give these and we're leading people in their relationship with God, start looking for the manifestation of the fruit. How does their fruit that they're growing in start to find its way out of their life. That is probably their gifting. 
It may be through service and showing up to, to polish furniture. <laughs> it, it may be through how you're hurting, and they always seem to know it. And they say, you know what, really, I want to stop. I, everyone else said, how are you doing? You're saying, okay. And they're all, yeah, me too, and walking by. But this one person is always, no, you're not. How can I pray for you? How, that, how their love starts to connect. Not everyone will notice these things. And sometimes we get hurt when someone doesn't. But there's people who are gifted in it. And it comes together for, for the common good that the bases are covered. And so look for that in yourself. That's one way to, to think. Sometimes we're so used to being us, we don't realize what our gifts are. And, and so look for how does your love pour itself out most naturally. All right, we've got one more chunk. We're gonna, well, a couple more chunks, sorry. Um, 1 Corinthians 12, 8 to 11. To one there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To another the message of knowledge by means of that same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another miraculous powers. To another prophecy. To another distinguishing spirit, uh, uh, distinguishing between spirits. To another speaking in tongues. To still another interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit. And He gives them to each one just as He determines. So this now becomes from germination, hibernation to germination to fruition. We're doing shuns today. Shun. You can put a T-I-O-N on the end of your last blank too and you'll be right. Um, but the, the fruition of how this comes up, you see that you are puzzle pieces that are needed in a picture. God's given you a gift by His Spirit and given me a gift by His Spirit and to another this by His Spirit. And some that some people want to believe are the sign for everybody are listed in here that to some He gives this. And to some He gives that. And to some He gives this. And so I, I just love my brothers and sisters in Christ, but I just cannot concur scripturally with how they view certain gifts. And I want to encourage you to not let somebody rope you into having to have a certain gift to be valid in Christ. Because you may feel lesser in Christ if you don't have them in that environment. I've been in those situations. And there's clear scriptural guidelines and there's clear violation of that. But by brothers and sisters that I don't think God's going to send the fire from heaven over it, but I just know how I want to minister. And I want to call you to validate the gifts that you have, whether they're public or open expression or quiet encouragement. He has given to you just what He wants you to have because He wants you in the puzzle of this picture, in your place, bringing your peace just as valuable as anybody else's. Not just this church's picture, but God's picture of us. And each of us will answer to Him if the puzzle of our church is incomplete. Whose peace is missing? Each of us will answer for our peace. And so, we want to experience our purpose through action. The, it has to come to fruit. That, that the spiritual gifts, we can talk about them and learn about them, but if we're not serving in them, we're not offering ourselves in them, we don't discover our purpose. You're going, how did you go from a seedling to that in your imagery? And had to bring athletics back into it, but Ray Guy, one of the greatest punters, he looks like a rocket, doesn't he right there? Okay. I tried out, didn't make it. Um, yeah, kickers always in football, the ones, you know, especially the, the place kickers with the one single bar across their helmet, you know, and you got the linemen with these cages and there's grass hanging off of them, and, you know, and, but you, you have a team that doesn't have a good kicker, they're in trouble. 
and they're no less important than the linemen that are snarling. So you got Ray Guy, one of the best punters. You got Refrigerator Perry, called Refrigerator, nicknamed because obvious reasons. If you didn't know that, and then you got Jerry Rice, one of the best in his in his feel in his uh, position in football. And you don't want you don't want Refrigerator Perry trying to do what Jerry Rice does. Now they handed him the ball. He scored some touchdowns because you know on. Short and, you know, at the goal line when they needed to get the ball across, they'd give it to him and it's hard to stop him, you know? But he cannot be the running back during all of the game. He wouldn't last physically. And, and he's just too slow for the, for the big open field. It just wouldn't work. But, the, you know, the, and that was a big anomaly. Like, whoa, refrigerator Perry's running the ball. Wow, and it was just all in the news. And, and so you need people that are shaped differently to be in their spot. And, and they find their purpose. If, if Refrigerator Perry started trying to punt the ball, he'd learn that that's not his purpose. And, and, and Jerry Rice, trying to be a lineman, he would learn that's not his purpose. But getting out there in the field and, and throwing the ball around a little bit and doing some run around, you start to find what your position is. And you can find experience, your purpose, by offering yourself where your passion, where your love for God, the fruit of the Spirit that's in you, start finding ways to express it to people. And someone may close the door on you and say, I'm not sure this is your gifting. As a church, we have a responsibility to help. And that can hurt feelings. And, well, don't go away. Well, that's one more way I'm learning. I'm finding my purpose in the body. And the body's helping me find it through process of elimination and through process of opportunity. We need both in the body. But you must offer yourselves. All right, well, and then we're just going to pull three verses before we go today out of the last big chunk because it's all talking about the body of Christ. Verse 21 says, The head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. And it lists other parts that can't say these things. And just to, just to lift up that the people you're discipling and you yourself, you are a part. And the body needs every part. The whole body is built up as each part does its work. In Ephesians 4.16 So every part, the ones you're discipling, need to find a place to serve. We need to find places to serve. We need to lead by example. In the sport of baseball, in, in looking at a body, I am right-handed. It is no problem for me to accept that my right hand can do certain things better than my left hand. But you know what? I realize that in baseball, I, I throw better with my right hand, which means I catch better with my left. My left wears the glove and does the catching. Now, if I want the team to do well and I'm out on the field, I don't want to try to be cute and say, I think I'm going to act like a left-hander. I'm going to put the catching glove on my right hand and I'm going to throw with the left. And, uh, you know, my body, my body wants the strongest part in the strongest position. And, and so if someone, one of the churches I played the congas, I love doing it, even though I have no clue what I'm doing. And I know you think I'm just professional, but um, <laughs> someone else played better than I did. And I wanted that worship to be better. And, and, and they didn't have another place to serve. And we let them come into that spot. And so it's not this owner. Uh, it, it's man I got this love I'm going to express it and, and oh here's some oh they do this oh man for the body's sake let me help them do it and I'll find another way to, to manifest this fruit of the spirit out of my life into the context of my body I'm here for the common good and I want the right hand throwing and the left hand catching yeah for the team and, and so that's how we want to work is for the good and the common good of everybody and what we find out then is another thing that I can weight lifting when I was doing squat workouts and focusing on my legs, 
You know what other muscles benefited from that? Look at that. You know, you think, I, I am a little softer, but, but you know those power lifters in the Olympics, my stomach had to support my spine with the 700 pounds on my shoulders. My spine can't support that, so I developed my gut, my prego belly. And it's just an example of how our secondary muscles, when we're, when we're focusing on our chest and doing the bench press, our triceps are getting stronger. The supporting muscles are getting built up. And so being a support of the main thing that's going on is going to strengthen as the body works together. If you didn't have a tricep on your arm, your chest couldn't do a bench press. It couldn't do it. And the tricep being a tricep gets stronger by supporting the, the pec being a pec. So we offer ourselves for the common good 29 says, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all have gifts of healing, do all speak in tongues, do all interpret. And again, don't let anyone tell you that everyone has to exhibit the same gift. We don't want to attack any single gift. And we've been guilty of that in our past. Of demeaning and diminishing a valid gift in God's Word. But it has a very specific place and time and in a culture where it's been lifted up and, and magnified as more than it is meant to be. And, and so we're just preaching God's Word about it. I'm just sharing with you today that your gift is just as valid and just as important. And don't let anyone tell you you have to have anyone in particular because not everyone has this one or not everyone has that one or not everyone has this one. So eagerly desire the greater gifts. And remember it's in the context of the fruit of the Spirit. I start desiring a gift, that becomes, I want. I want that for me. I want to experience that. And it's, it's okay to desire a closeness to God, but, but eagerly desiring the gifts has got to be greater, motivated by love, joy, peace, patience, for the common good. Oh God, give me the best gifts you got for the sake of my body. Show me my gifts and give me the... I, I want the greater gifts. And what Scripture says in the love chapter is of these, faith, hope, and love remain. The greatest of these is love. And it goes into talking about how you practice the gifts in, in the worship setting. Acting in love for others. Being considerate of others' experience and encounter with God. Only pouring out yourself when it's mutually edifying. And restraining yourself when it's personally indulging Personally indulge in your prayer closet. Personally indulge in... That's fine. But the gift is manifested and, and managed by the Holy Spirit because remember, it's not up to us to figure out what love would do with it. It's there because of the Spirit's presence and the Spirit is love. And as we said with Archie, let your affection give you direction. Your affection for God your affection for the people. Let it give you a sensitivity and a direction. And that brings us together into a coalition, the last one, and enlisting people in ministry. The little sapling becomes a part of an orchard laden with fruit that is succulent and satisfying for the people around us. We've got to get people involved in ministry. Ministry partner development's got the team coming up. And if you need to be enlisted in ministry, come and talk to them. Say, you know, I'm not just here to help others. I want to help myself too. 
And I want to remind you that we have the pastor's class coming up. And one of those days is a spiritual gifts assessment where you can have your, if you're already a member, but you want a spiritual gifts assessment, you come to the pastor's class. You may not know all that I'm teaching about the Church of the Nazarene. And the, the, the third week, we give you a spiritual gifts assessment and we go over that with specific ministry context opportunities in front of you on the fourth Saturday. So that's an opportunity for you. You don't have to join the church when you come to the class. I would love for you to desire that and open the opportunity if you're so in harmony with us. So that's the word for today. You are a steward of your stitching. No matter what's caused it, your shape, your upbringing, how you were knit together in your womb, your mother's womb, how life has impacted you. God's been the God of it all. And he just says, will you let me breathe my spirit into you and make these gifts come alive and produce fruit? It's all of us coming alongside our brother Kyle. I want to be a better man. And and there's a lot of self-help things out there to try to help that process. And those guys are making a lot of money because a lot of people want to be better people. The answer is up there. The answer is to bring it in here. The answer is to open up and surrender yourself to God and invite Him to fill you with His Holy Spirit and become totally dedicated to Him. This is what we call entire sanctification. Heavenly Father, as we come to our wrap-up time today, and we've had our time of anointing, a sweet hour of prayer, I just pray that in this time that you will speak to hearts. There may be belief in you. There, there may be uh, lives that, that just are hungering for more. Or they felt like the way life has shaped them, they can't be anything glorious for you. And your word is coming saying, no, that's a lie. I have been shaping you. I've been stitching you. I've been working in you. Just let me breathe my spirit into you and you will see how I alone can work all things together for good to those who love me and are called according to my purpose. So as the worship team sings, and before we go home, do you need in this sweet hour of prayer, maybe you didn't need anointing for physical healing or emotional healing, but maybe you need prayer to receive. And maybe you've been a believer who's received Christ, but you have not surrendered your life and invited Him to fill your heart with His Holy Spirit, to fill every nook and cranny of your stitching, that it will experience your light. It will experience your power and it will show the beauty of the ongoing creativity of our Heavenly Father. Turn those things that you think have been problems into the opportunity for God's manifestation of His presence in you. Heavenly Father, I release this message to you and I invite those who want to come and surrender their life and feel the breath of the Holy Spirit come inside them to come to the altar today and pray before we go. I release this to you. As always, you're in control, God. Give us, come and meet us in this sweet moment of prayer.